Hey there, audio listener. You're listening to NPR. Could you imagine how annoying? I don't know how people listen to NPR. Whenever I accidentally tune into it on my radio, I, I veer off the road. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the audio version. A lot of people are watching the videos more and more. Or they're subscribing for The Daily Show, louderwithclatter.com slash mugclub. If you have not, it is what keeps these free shows coming. These shows will cease to exist unless more of you join at louderwithclatter.com slash mugclub. 99 annually, that's 69 for students, veterans, or active military. Just enter in the word as a discount because... You know, Google's been squeezing, YouTube's been squeezing. If you look at uh, the Apple Store, they're not necessarily super, uh, super pro. Whatever your view is, as long as it's not radically left, they're giving money to the Southern Poverty Law Center. You heard me talk about them. Uh, we appreciate the support. And if you feel like you're missing out on some visual gags, head on over to YouTube or if you're a Mug Club member, CRTV, to watch the whole thing. Enjoy the show. Lauder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. Knew you'd come back. Thank God. Anybody want some mug club? Hopper? Cost 99 a year. 69 for students in the active military. Oh, come on, Quarter Black. I don't need that. I can't laugh right now. So you you haven't seen the puppy? Oh, come on. No, I was I was waiting to see you together. I seen the kid. Kid's a winner. Got a head just like you, Hopper. Oh, there she is now. Look hey, at it. Hey, there's your big brother. Oh, puppy. Yeah. Is that it? Oh, Hopper, I can't believe it. She's really ours. Thank you. Oh, come on. Now, you've done all the work, Hopper. I can't believe you've done this. Hey. Believe me, we did. Oh, no. She ain't got a name. What do we call her, Hopper? Betty's a great name. Yeah, Betty's a pretty good name. Yeah, but Betty's okay. Oh, Hop, she's the best I've ever seen. You've really done good. You've really done good. Oh, you look so tired. Why don't you shave that gross thing? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, Hopper, I feel great. I feel great. Listen, I was thinking, if you don't want me mixing around on YouTube no more, you know, you don't want no more of the Muhammad cartoons or the tranny jokes, I was thinking, maybe I'm not going to do the show. You know, we can make some other way. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What's that? Come here. What? Bring the show back. Bring the show back. What are we waiting for? I'm on retainer here. Yeah. 
out of practice. At, they started oh, out as man. drums and then became maracas. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. It was and very good. So good. And my, my headphones here have been turned from horizontal to vertical. Everything's changed. It's like bizarro world. It's almost as if we're new. I am so glad uh, to be back. Uh, of course, we have quarter black Garrett here. We have this new rearrangement Ooh, of seats. Yeah. We're yeah. Two, cat, uh, two cute Maddies there because yeah, people were demanding eye candy. And Ooh, unfortunately, wow. we only had Gerald. Uh, speaking Ouch. of which, at G. Morgan Jr., what's the wine of the day? Ooh, wine of the day is Robert Foley Claret. Oh, you did Robert Foley in college, I right? Did not but it ended poorly, and now no. you're engaged. In third chair, we have Matt Eisman. What is your Twitter, by the way, Matt Eisman? Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for a day. Uh, it's at Matt Eisman. I would say you're, it's, you, this is your comeback. Ish, ish. Yeah. You ish. see Soldier, Soldier Boy recently was like, yeah, it's a comeback. And they're like, but a comeback? Like, So would you say that you were down and out? No. No, I was always good. But how's a comeback? Man. He wanted he wanted the catchphrase of it's a comeback, right. but he didn't want to admit that he'd ever had a rough grind. Yeah. He didn't want to actually have to come back. I right. did. I'm probably about 60%. I appreciate everyone who sent their well wishes and prayers. We have Jordan Peterson in the program oh, today. Yes. Uh, who, by the way, I'm, Coming I'm in hot. super thrilled that he is going I to be I love Jordan our Peterson. First oh, God. Well, now he won't be on. Good, It'll yeah. just be Matt Eisman just with, canceled, with actually. two with yeah. lipstick. Tonight, 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 tonight. That's for later. The tube of lipstick. Oh, hey, where you, you said uh, American Ninja Warrior, obviously yes. for Matt Eisman, yeah. and what uh, you're doing is I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Arizona. Get your tickets. Nice. Uh, it's going to be February 7th through the 10th. I'll be doing comedy shows. Stand-up comedy. People I, don't know I'm a comedian. I highly recommend it, by the way. <laughs> my, my wife went and, and saw <laughs> you. Did. Surprise, I was sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, surprise, like, obviously it's, you're not blue, but I think you bring a little bit more heat than people expect watching yeah. an American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be a smurf to be funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Daddy brings the heat. He does bring the heat. <laughs> say daddy brings yeah, the heat. That wasn't an example of it. Hey, hold on. But, Before we get to this, but continue. Okay. Hold that thought. Uh, question of the day. We're yes. still bringing that back. Actually, two. Uh, what did you miss most while we were gone? Aww. You, if anything. Oh, uh, if nothing. Why are you here? But I'm sure you're in the comment section. Uh, and of course, we've been seeing, we'll be talking about Gillette, more and more kind of anti-male rhetoric from journalists, educators. You? We'll talk about this with Jordan Peterson. Now, advertisers. What effect do you think it'll have on the next generation of boys who are being grouped into the, like, it's terrible twos, only you're told that you're a terrible two your whole life if you're a man. Yeah, yeah it just starts from two to you die. Always. Yeah. It starts from two to penis, and it never stops. <laughs> yeah. But you, uh... Two penises. Two penises. That's really problematic. Uh, well, that gets to the penis extra, problem extra later on. Extra problematic. Right. Yes, that's it's just a couple zucchinis and some scotch tape. Uh, it doesn't make sense now, <laughs> but it will make some sense a little later on. My New Year's resolution is to have a little bit more, more fun. I know oh, it's good. You seem yeah. a little stressed good in the show. I'm not going to lie. First show back, I was a little stressed. That's okay. Today. Yeah, but mean, we're, so back, we're, uh, back. We are, we are back, baby. We are back, and we are incredibly... We're back forward. and better than ever. <laughs> The expectations. I agree with no that. No more alcohol like, right, for this guy. People are going, really? <laughs> no, not exactly. I mean, we're here, we're back. Isn't that enough? Uh, <laughs> and uh, we will talk about some of the rumors. You know, obviously, a lot happened since I was oh, gone. Yeah. We found out when you found out about the Blaze, about Gavin, uh, some things I'm not <laughs> so too much. We'll talk. I'm going to no. talk about that in the close, uh, along with uh, some some more personal issues. That's usually when we say that in the crowd or closes. So obviously, listen, while we were gone, um, Big story was the government shutdown, or uh, as I refer to it, a good time for pruning. But we thought that uh, how can we fit? How can we fit everything that happened while we were gone into no. just the first segment? It seemed really difficult, insurmountable. And so, uh, honestly, we took the coward's way out. You're welcome. Auto Mexico. 
Mexicans, Peterson leaves Patreon, Louis, Trannies, Caravan Invasion, pulling out of Syria, Teenage Drag Queen Media, Jim Acosta Moron, shouting your abortion, Kevin Oscar's no go, Slave Coast Trump Mobile, Steve King, racist loves, Joker Speaker of the House, Women's March, way too white, Donald Trump just wants to fight, AOC, go away, what else do I have to say? I'm sorry I had to see that. Mm. Uh, like on. we said, that was, right that was amazing. It's not the first time it's been done. That was amazing. But we had to do it. We did good. it all for you because we know that you're a big Billy Joel fan. Also, Creed! <laughs> we found out Creed Ooh, yeah, before the true. show! Hello, my friend, we yeah. meet again. I heard the news today. <laughs> Can we you take me higher? <laughs> no, I cannot. No one would share a joint with you. No. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> Way to ruin Creed a song. Billy Joel. <laughs> JFK got blown away. What else do I have to say? Turn the table. Oh, that's written. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> I have no idea what is happening. More recent yeah. political news. Alexandria uh, Acacia. Is it, is it like Focaccia? I don't know. I don't care. And I, I won't go through the effort cares, of researching yeah, no. it. Acacia Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Nina Pinta Santa Maria Cortez. She said that uh, she's going to, quote, run train on the progressive agenda. Oh, Lord. Uh, this comes from Mediate. She used the phrase after mocking her critics. <laughs> Telling them to, quote, enjoy being exhausted for the next two years. Of course, run train um, is a euphemism for Gan Grape. Yeah. Bitch is going off the rails on a crazy train. Yeah. Was I on camera with that? Is that okay, <laughs> all right, that's fine. We'll that's, use it. That's, that's out of like Scott Stapp doing Ozzy Osbourne. You know why? <laughs> it, was a, it was a different key with, with the karaoke track. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing excuses. Is this the right key? Right. Is this the right it's key? Not, it's not me, man. Shut it up. I didn't say yeah at the end of the lyric. It says yeah, I didn't say yeah. <laughs> Oh, Ozzy, you're retarded. Hey, but the fact remains, I didn't say yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I pictured. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty accurate. We were going to say something, Matt, more productive. No, you know what? I, I just thought it, it's interesting that she chose to do that because Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, um, very in favor of the government. And, you know, as we've learned with Amtrak. Mm, to say the least. When, when the government <laughs> runs a train, it's late, it's overcrowded, <laughs> and nobody enjoys the ride. So I guess it's better than, you know, it happening too early. So good for her. What's your running? <laughs> that happens to lots of guys. Mm-hmm. But we Wait, subsidize it usually. How, uh, but by the way, isn't that an odd choice of words? Because wasn't that just in the news with Kavanaugh? The run train? Run train. The Warriors. Remember that? Yeah. They're like, maybe you would like us to run a train on you. It's the baseball theories. Yeah. The baseball yeah. theories. What the hell? Are you well, I thought she might have been like, she just wanted to hear some train, like drops of Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> some nice I think she's just nobody, nobody wants that. You're, just you're like Liza Minnelli. You're looking for any excuse to just pop into show tunes. That's you're right, just, exactly. Do you, would you like to sing train for You'll us? be swell. <laughs> drops of Jupiter in her. Later on, when we're going <laughs> through the meat segment, he'll just be going across camera. <laughs> clang, clang, clang with the trolley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Wells Fargo wagon. And we'll be coming around the map. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. Ethel Merman. I'm going to be at the Arizona no Funhouse. No toxic people. masculinity yeah, exactly. over here. Uh, to be fair, I'm Ocasio, Ninta, Pinta, Santa Maria, Cortez. Uh, in her defense, it's an appropriate analogy if you picture kind of the progressive agenda as a maximum security prison and American taxpayers just drop the soap. If you think of it that way. <laughs> it does make a lot of sense that way. Yes. Though I will say, there's about 110,000 people that voted for an election that are collectively facepalming right now because run a train doesn't mean what she think it means. They're not facepalming. No, come on. They're they're like, at, this, at some point, they have to. She speaks the truth. She's got spunk. Yeah, but do they turn and go, what does run a train mean? No. <laughs> Wait a second. What? what well, she that? said run train. Run, which is even more it, like yes. street, right? Yes, because you move the up. That, that's She's right. from Shawshank. the Bronx, man. Has she yes. said? I, I has, would have liked to have said Alexandra Casio Cortez didn't run trains, <laughs> <laughs> but I can neither well, confirm nor yeah. deny. And then she became president, and we had to climb through miles of the most foul-smelling. <laughs> <laughs> and came out on the other side clean. <laughs> no, that's not how it happens. Uh, all right, we'll come back to that. Uh, oh out on the West Coast, the a Silicon Valley landlord is now renting $1,500 studio apartments out to uh, cats, specifically two cats. West Coast, makes comes sense. From Yahoo. they split the rent? The owner's father was unable to keep them, but pays for the studio. Also, the cats got a decent deal because an average studio apartment in San Jose rents for, so I literally was like, actually, like, no, no, the part is not about the, 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 the thriftiness. <laughs> yeah. It's cats <laughs> renting out an apartment. <laughs> That's the issue here. Whenever we read these stories, I'm effect. like, this is news. Yahoo, CNN, yeah. I read these. Are you ever go to Huffington Post anymore? They're just like, oh, oh no. you won't believe what Jane Fonda said about erecting a wall. And I think she said something like, we need to erect a wall between Donald Trump and the Mueller probe. We're like, plot twist! I'm like, this is news? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't. I'm not necessarily thrilled about being back. For I love you. <laughs> we don't but love the when news. I have to prepare for this. We have to crawl through to get say, to you. I, I think the landlord. It was just like, uh, like he, he was from New York in the '70s. He thought, "I'm gonna rent this place to two cool cats." Oh, is it? <laughs> that was like Miles Davis and John Coltrane wow. coming in. Wow. Not Scott no, Stanley. I think in San Francisco it's more like, "I love somewhere over the moonlight." Are they gonna bring the leotards? Oh, it's actual cats. Oh my gosh. Can I sleep with it? Um, the good news is, did we, just, did we just go too far? I have no idea. I don't care. The line's behind you. So they are. $1,500. The good news is they actually cats can afford it uh, as they found work in Facebook uh, community guidelines department. So oh, they're doing well. Yes, yeah, we don't yeah. feel bad. Don't yeah. cry for the cats. <laughs> cats are doing just fine. How did angry cat become happy cat just by blocking you? And Ben Shapiro Ooh, and Gavin yeah. McInnes, if you yeah. saw. Uh, well, liberal they're, they're all three. Your yeah. monitor's a little yeah. small. In other news, Facebook has recently also come under fire for discriminatory hiring practices. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 Back to, <laughs> to run train. That's even this is a really good start. Trust me, we're going to get into the, the problems with the Gillette groove, commercial yeah. that went viral. It's, it's going to be worth your time. This this oh. yeah. investment oh. will be worth the payoff, I assure you. Uh, Ride the train. Um, <laughs> Ride the train. Okay. We don't want to be a part of that, okay? Turning to yeah, now, I guess, is it is entertainment news? Uh, Macaulay Culkin explained that his friendship with Michael Jackson... You said in a recent podcast, uh, uh, Jackson reached out to him in the early 1990s because a singer could relate. This is a direct quote. I mean, at the end of the day, it's almost easy to try to say it was, meaning weird, but it like wasn't weird or whatever because it made sense. Uh, of course, um, this has been met with controversy given the latest 60 Minutes expose. The comments stand in stark contrast to what Michael Jackson wrote regarding Culkin in a recent unearthed memoir, claiming, quote, I had sex with him. 
That almost <laughs> that almost okay. seems that, that seems to make it pretty cut and dry. By the way, there. what was Norm yeah. doing there? George went. <laughs> yeah, that was, I did notice that was weird. He's that just kind of weird. creeping in the background. <laughs> Michael Jackson is, is is amazing to me because he's the one pedophile on earth that people actually still love. I have no yes. idea how he gets a pass. And Macaulay Culkin is the one child he didn't have sex with. <laughs> that was brilliant. Like, Go out, tell them that we, it was well, fun. It how was would you feel? Right? Jesus, Jesus. And he's out. He's like, I didn't sleep with me. And all. <laughs> Do you think that make you feel? I mean, I'm, I'm too, not to joke too much about it. But Sorry, the, the you're on a kid. main network show. No, 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 we no, no, no. Doing this well, he, You know, he was his biggest movie was Home Alone, right. and then Michael Jackson wrote the song "You Are Not Alone." Mm. And the big scene was him in the mirror. And who did Michael Jackson start with? The, the man in the mirror. mirror. Oh, the boy oh, in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that tracks. I, also, I think Billy Jean. I don't know if you know the original lyrics to "Billy Jean" was not his love because she was not a boy and she's older than six. <laughs> she is older than six. Um, I just, but you know, just beat it. It's just so back. funny. This oh, is a perfect no, no, example. No, no, no. no, don't say No, that. I appreciate it. And you don't silence our guest. Uh, You're nothing. Yeah. You're nothing. <laughs> I, I do think, it. this is a perfect example where we talk about toxic masculinity. And the reason we try to lump all men as toxic is because people in the entertainment industry can't make moral judgments. Like, well, it wasn't weird with me. He had sex with little boys and he had right. a twink specialized pornographer at Neverland Ranch as his photographer. <laughs> it was nice to me. <laughs> it's not like it's Tony in grade school with the, with the Tony yeah. germs. People want to be friends. Like, oh, I don't care. He was nice to me. No, this is a serial pedophile. Make a judgment. I don't want to be judgmental. Yeah. Be judgmental. He has sex with kids. It's okay to lump him over in a group by himself and say that's wrong. It's okay to do that. It's I was okay to make him walk the plank. It's okay to drag <laughs> yes. up his body and kill haul it. Ooh. <laughs> Matt Eisen does not agree. <laughs> no. We, you know, here's here's one of the things. This is That's one of the questions. questions. <laughs> Can you separate the art from the artist? Yes. Can you still enjoy yeah. his music and condemn him of as course. a person? Right. I, I mean, yeah. you know, we're seeing this like with Louis C.K. Where, and I thought, I don't know if you saw Jim Norton talking to uh, Judd Apatow and talking about, you know, look, look, Louis as a human and, and and what he needs to atone for is one thing. Louis as an artist is a different thing. But comedians or people who are personalities on TV are held to a different standard, yeah. even though you're entertaining still. You're trying to make points. Debatable, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> I know, I think... <laughs> I just, very, I very nice. TV. You know right. what, I think conservatives could do this more easily because we've had to do that for years. Yeah, Sean right. Penn's a great actor, one of the best. I think Alec Baldwin is arguably the best actor of our, not of our generation, but you could lump him in there. If you yeah, watch The Edge, you see Glenn Ross. He's a hugely good actor. <laughs> huge. <laughs> Trump is awful, though. Yours is better. But I do think that he's fantastic. Conservatives have had to do this for a long time because everyone in the entertainment, they're so far left. Yeah. So we've had, to say, yeah. we've had to say, well, listen, Sean Penn, he's an ass, but he really plays a great retard. You know, that Jim kind Carrey, of thing. Jim Carrey, very funny. Jim Carrey's <laughs> out of his mind. I know you're not supposed to say retard, yeah. but I just did. You can't, I'm not funded by a foreign <laughs> caliphate. What are you going to do, take our mugs away? <laughs> uh, I do think you have to separate it. That being said, with Michael Jackson, yeah. Culkin wasn't commenting on his music. He was commenting like, oh, On you know. Friendship. Well, and, and that's yeah. to me, it's like, this is an immoral, first off, let's say, I said this about Brett Kavanaugh. If he did everything everyone said, right, yeah. where they were at a party and he went up into a bed, which we now know what wasn't true. Yeah. Right. But if he did that, went up, drunkenly tried to make, tried to have sex with a woman, she kicked him off and then he left, that's not enough. That's, for me, that's not enough to constitute rape. If everything they've said about Michael Jackson in court, under investigation, is right. true, it's enough. 
It's enough that a guy a knew that he had a mole on his left butt cheek and he had yeah. a mark on his scrotum. That's enough for me. Yeah. For me, it's enough to say, all right, I have to separate this horrible person, or at least horrible actions in his life, from, you know what? Thriller's pretty good. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm not, I would not condemn Macaulay Culkin here because no. this is a guy no. who's in the eye of the storm and a guy who, who knows what, what happened to him and hopefully nothing. Right, right. But, but the fact of, it, it, even if it did, it's, this is his story to tell and his way to deal with it. So if he's justifying it or if this is his defense, by, by all means, sure. you know, that's, I would never presume to he's tell got him. A, I just think he's, it's, he's just sort of being sent out as like a, he's like a homing pigeon for other kids, for Michael Jackson to be more pedophile-y, you know? Because he was always going around like, oh, he's great, come on over, the water's warm. He's like, yeah, drink the Jesus juice. And he's putting wine and We all know cans. he's a good actor. You know, yeah, yeah, we all know that Macaulay Culkin, he really stood the test of time. Yeah, <laughs> Those Google ads were great, where he they, recreated Home Alone for oh, Christmas. Oh yeah, that was awesome. They yeah, were, they were he's got to revisit awesome. the one success of his career and remember that he hasn't had wow, one Wow, I didn't want to hey, say it, but I was This is a page master. Page master. point awesome. we're going to jump in with, and we have to, I have to write this, this train. Oh, okay, fine. I was going to say, look, it's, it's easy for us. I get what he's saying, but he's got to be able to be somewhat self-aware and say, okay, that was very, very weird. At the time, it served a purpose. I wasn't a part of, apparently, what was going on with Michael Jackson, but looking back as an adult, I can see that was freaking crazy for my parents to let me be friends with this guy with what he was doing. Right. He's got to be able to say that, and that's not, he, he didn't say that, and that's why people are like, what? Yeah. People think it's weird, but and you think it was his fine. His parents didn't, again, we're, we're applying hindsight to it. Though, that's what I'm saying. He has right. to I'm do sorry, Having he, said that, please go back to running train on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. I don't want to be on this train. <laughs> Finally, and continuing with the theme that I know you'll have, PETA released an ad uh, linking eating vegetables uh, to, to better. Better sexual virility? I don't hear you go watch. Not scientifically uh, backed at all whatsoever, by the way. You won't find, you no. won't find studies on PubMed. It, it turns your balls into kiwis. It doesn't really happen. Wait, here's the other thing that I find interesting with that ad. Because PETA, look, if you're trying to appeal to a typical meat eater guy, mm -hmm. look at those guys. The, no, the, those I aren't know. the guys like, who you aspire to guy. be. Right. That no. first guy looked like he was a meth head. He, he, he really did. did. Yes. Like that was the first thing doing Google ads. Yes. Yes. It's like, you know, PETA, I was on the fence. But the zucchini strapped on, that, that, <laughs> that really sealed the deal. And by the way, it was floppy. I yeah. know. Like, like, you know yes. Let's see this thing excited. It was the before in the Cialis right. commercial that they can never air. PETA also, by the way, recently changed her slogan to PETA. We don't eat meat, we take it. She's gonna pack your with the zucchini train. Oh my God. I saw this because uh, Courtney was talking about it, right? So she wrote about it uh, on the website and I saw this. I showed this video to my fiance last night and she took a good 30 seconds to come back to reality from what this was. She was like, before I saw the commercial, I had begun, I, I'd started writing a parody that was the commercial. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I started writing, they I bring up a tab, I'm like, oh. this, is, this is what they did, this is it? Damn it. So they said, you know what? Throwing blood on women wearing mink coats isn't working. Let's right. see if an eggplant in the crotch really works for us. I just yeah. don't know who their well, PR firm is. Well, and per portraying the schlong of all these guys, in that video, not one black man. Because they didn't, they didn't actually have an eggplant. They were trying not to show <laughs> Not even a quarter black, nothing. Nothing, nothing. One black man. By the way, <laughs> man, I'm not gonna. I, you know what? This show's too smutty right now. No, I don't like it. I came back, and you guys, you need to rein it in. You did it about train running. Go to a, go to a men's group. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
some Bible study earlier. I know this that morning. so many of you expect us to talk about the government shutdown, and we had kind of devised this sort of yeah. meat set. I guess now the term is dive, and that's a trendy term. We've always called them meat segments, where we really try to go in and explore the data uh, and try to best inform you on a subject. The truth is, with the government shutdown, there is very little to know. No one is really that affected outside of people who work for the federal government, mm -hmm. and not necessarily all that. of them. They want you to think, it's really, there's a disconnect when I talk with people, like, so what have you, my lady who cuts my hair, she goes, have you been following the government shutdown? I said, sure. She said, yeah. <laughs> you know what, you could put me in a yeah. DeLorean pre-government shutdown today, <laughs> and I could not discern the difference. There is nothing I could, I would think the flux capacitor works perfectly well. Here's the thing, when we talk about the government shutdown, it's really, man, there's a disconnect. The media wants you to think that it's this catastrophic yeah. event. Um, oh, yeah. You know a big reason that it's not? Amazon's still there. You're getting your packages, right? Ima imagine, this is when people are like, oh, you need the, you need the post office. Not really. And I believe me, I, it's not lost on me that Amazon Avoided. uses the post office yeah. as well. They just don't use the post office exclusively. I actually forgot that there was a government shutdown going on until there was a one-day delay on an Amazon Prime order. One day! <laughs> it said it's out for do? delivery. And I was like, what the heck? Wow. I ordered that this morning, and I have to wait to tomorrow mid-morning? Can you imagine if we're really, if we're really going for someone oh to compete gosh. with a DMV? Yeah. Not only the post office, we need the post office. No, we don't. We need the DMV. No, we don't. You can have companies like, probably like Amazon to do the DMV. People say, oh my gosh, we, we, we don't, we, I, I don't, what? Why don't we need the DMV? <laughs> like, think about, the, what does the DMV do? Amazon would say, well, you know what? You can take your picture at home. Oh, really? You mean we all have cameras that are better than the DMV's 2004 Logitech? <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. They're, what are they paying these average uh, federal worker? I don't have this in front. It's something like eighty thousand dollars. It's, like 80, yeah, yeah. it's you it's know when you include benefits. New cameras, thirty bucks. <laughs> That's it. It will cost you thirty bucks. And I'm not even talking 4K. Not even HD. Just 720, bitch. How about that? <laughs> I could. I could try to go into settings and, and create the worst lighting humanly possible on my iPhone. I could spend hours on end to try and make it look crappy, and I couldn't create that much of a quality differential. It's that bad. What are you trolling for whores on MySpace, DMV? Look at your license. We need them. Why? Why? I don't understand it. I've never understood it at all. Has anybody even had a positive experience at the DMV? I mean, I think we were talking about this before the show. Every time you go in, you're baffled at what happens inside there. There's plenty of people walking around, but nobody to help you with what you right. need. I know when I'm at FedEx, I say, yeah, you know, this wouldn't happen at the post office. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think as you talked about the meat segment, your, your real focus there was that your point is Amazon spreads their packages around. But I... <laughs> Wow, you brought I, us I, back there pretty, pretty I know, I'm sorry, I, I, this, this, this is my, my Jesus juice over here. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, you know, what, what we're seeing though is the efficiency of the free market, right? And that's what right. Amazon has Who done knew? so well to outperform. I mean, yeah. Amazon accounts for some absurd percentage of the USPS that sure. they're, they're actually funding them. That's the only reason they can continue Saturday deliveries is because of Amazon. Yeah. And so you see the effectiveness of free enterprise. So of course there, there's roles for government, right. but I think we're seeing, let's introduce competition into this and yes. in, improve efficiency. Yeah, well, it's just crazy. We're like, well, what do you think? You think you could have companies? Do you think you have them doing roads? Why not? What? Sure. Look, I, I think it's surprising to most people. I think I was just like you. I, I was so focused on my business and kind of wrapping up 2018 that I, I kind of forgot that there was a government shutdown. Yeah. Most people, government does not affect your life so much 
that you're going to notice it on a day-to-day -day basis. At some point, you will notice, right? I went to a public park and it said, do not enter, but but I did. <laughs> it's closed Rule now. Rule breaker. <laughs> around, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, people could do with a lot less government and, and shutdowns like this show you that. Right, I think sometimes you get a little but, freaked out, and then you're like twenty days. We well, you're humble. twenty days in, and you're like, oh, oh, well, this is all right. Well, well what about what about the people who <laughs> work for the nice government? Like you shouldn't. Yes, you're suckling at the taxpayer teeth. Some of you have necessary jobs, Some. of course, nationals. I get it, but not all of you. What we couldn't possibly spare the lady again at the DMV. I hate to go back to it, but she's paid eighty thousand a year to tell me to go into another line. I just <laughs> it's file her not nails. that necessary. Listen, anyway. honey. That's it. I've had it up to here Do it. with the government shutdown. Do it. Come on. Uh, okay, so here's what we're going to be talking about. If you haven't seen this, it was just trending uh, everywhere yesterday. And okay. we'll have Jordan Peterson on, Dr. Jordan Peterson, to Doctor. talk about uh, the new guidelines for yeah. uh, not only how you raise children, but actually for psychologists. So I think this, this ties in really well. Oh, Gillette crazy. recently aired an ad in an attempt to teach men not to be toxic. Let, let's roll this here so if you haven't seen it. Bullying. The Me Too movement against toxic sexual harassment. masculinity. Is this the best a man Ginger, can get? get him off. <laughs> what I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. In the spirit of them being even handed, their new uh, Venus ad is just a woman PMSing. Here's the thing. <laughs> they were they were talking. We could do better women. <laughs> They were talking about toxic masculinity. Yeah. I don't know if you, I noticed one, some could argue glaring absence, but there was, hmm. there was a version before this that didn't make air. Is this the best a man can get? You can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. She was forced to become a child bride. We can't laugh at all. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. We believe in the best in men. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. Allah Akbar! Some already are. To please Allah and only Allah. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. To the point, that, point number one that they bring up, boys will be boys. Will be boys. They yeah. talk about that. They say, like, yeah. the boys will be boys. In a derogatory way. Um, yes. Of course. Thing, of course, boys will be <laughs> boys. And here's something, they just try to lump everyone in. It's not this idea of toxic masculinity. For example, we would all agree, beating your wife would be an example of, if you're going to use the nomenclature, a toxic male. Yeah. Sure. That'd being be bad. That'd be bad. drunkenly abusive toward your children. Yes. Or not being present, not being supportive. Absolutely. But they show two boys wrestling. There's nothing wrong with little boys wrestling. No. You're trying to vilify boys for being boys, and that's a positive thing. You know what? You know why you allow boys to wrestle? So they don't hurt each other. Yeah. If they do hurt each other, you separate them. How many times have you had a girl, you know, you've been playing around with her or something, and she, she slaps you, and you're like, oh, God, that was way too hard, because she didn't learn how to control herself by wrestling. <laughs> yeah. They haven't been roughhousing their whole life. It's important for boys to do that. It's important for them to learn their strength and their limitations so they can pull it back. And by the way, you don't have to do that with girls. You typically don't find, I know, sexist alert, girls yeah. wrestling with each other. That's not in their nature. They don't tend no. to get into physical conflict. No, and if you've <laughs> ever seen kind of the funny videos, some a lot of times girls can't fight because of that. If you have a sister you know that she can punch, right? And that's fine. But what I would like to say, the boys were wrestling 
outside as well. Yes, yeah. outside Mom's, at a Mom's barbecue in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> In and the best the possible there. place for you to be. If he's punching him in the face and submitting him and not letting him go and breaking his arm, fine. Next to the all-glass dining in. table, sure. Yeah. Did you also notice, too, when they showed the guy mansplaining with the woman, that the woman, instead of this positive image of a woman standing up, yeah, yeah. she yeah. just cowered. And yeah. cowered. Yeah. What happened, do you like, what happened about that. women? Like, portraying Strong them as women. positive. I'm your Venus. I am silent. Your desire. I think... Uh, <laughs> Maybe she should be assertive. <laughs> I have no oh, idea. No, that's a negative trait. That's toxic masculinity. We'll get into that in a second. You don't really have to intervene with girls wrestling typically no. but here's let's be true uh because it's we're, funny we're, uh, you do have to intervene with young <laughs> girls who are often being i hate i know we're not supposed to say but yeah. bossy caddy yeah. girls create clicks why because they're more verbal they're yeah. they're more intellectually communicative than young boys typically speaking boys run faster girls talk faster so boys <laughs> start hitting each other they start wrestling and girls start problem solving yeah. at an early age they do they develop earlier. Remember we were always told in junior yeah. high that girls are smarter than boys? Well, that's not true. But in junior high, it's absolutely true. Yeah. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. High, so yeah. you do have to intervene in different ways. But what they're trying to tell us is that we need to intervene to prevent boys from turning into young men. These are innate tendencies. And actually, I, I strongly believe that it's a necessity for parents to shape them in the appropriate direction. Yeah, but one of the things, the attributes of men, and I think we're gonna talk about it, is that we protect. Like, you have to be able to kind of sharpen your skills, so to speak, by wrestling with other boys in kind of a fun way and learn learn where the line's at. Right. It's great for you to wrestle with somebody, learn where the line's at, get maybe popped in the stomach or something like that and say, hey, what, that's too far, than to do it later on in life and get your butt kicked. Right. They you know destroy, I mean? but they also protect. But that's, yeah. that's my problem with the term toxic masculinity is because it implies that there's this spectrum. And I think most guys who are masculine would say part of being masculine would be protecting those who are weak oh, yes, and defending for them, sure. learning how to fight, learning how to restrain that. And so it's not that this is this spectrum that's gone out of control. These are the people who are the outliers who yeah. I, I, I would say that most masculine guys would say that's, that's not masculinity, that's just a bully that's... Right. That's the guy who's right. operating outside yeah. of it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's important. You know, we talk about representation of everybody in media. Why is it that men, particularly white men, aren't allowed to represent themselves? And we're talking about this. They're going, well, that's toxic masculinity. You were just talking about wrestling guys at the Folsom Street Fair. I don't intervene <laughs> and tell people what you do on Look. your own time. I let you express yourself. Why can't we say, hey, sure. listen, you don't need to speak for us. All of us here, I I I'll speak for all of you just for, you know, the sake of brevity. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We all hate rape. Yes. We mm. all think that domestic abuse is terrible. We all think that sexual harassment is awful. But for some reason, you, the ladies at Gillette in the advertising department, speak for us. If you ask, go grab any guy that you know, anyone who's not a convicted felon. Ask him how he <laughs> feels about rape. Ask him how he feels about spousal abuse. You know what? He could be a convicted felon because they have to protect rapists from other violent felons. That's how much mm. men hate rape and yeah. abuse Run of a women. train on them. But apparently we're not allowed to speak for ourselves. All right, let's move on to the next clip. We have to move on. We believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men okay. accountable. So they cut from the Terry <clears throat> Crews thing there right. to some guy filming girls in a bikini, like Girls Gone Wild thing. They completely omit the fact that Terry Crews was assaulted by an yeah. aggressively gay man. Let's just go right over that. Look, let's be honest yeah. here. According to the CDC, some of the highest rates of sexual assault are actually in the gay community. Right, row. The only difference is that the gay term for assault is flirting. Also, <laughs> lesbians, a lot of people don't want to talk about this, there's higher domestic abuse in lesbian households. Yeah. We've talked about this on the show. Oh, that's right, yeah. I don't know why that is. There isn't, a, there isn't high domestic abuse in gay households. Actually, there's, a, there's low domestic abuse. Yeah. Probably because there's some sort of accountability. You don't want to hit a guy who's stronger than you. <laughs> that's true. With, there's, a, there's a bit of a penalty. With women, it's, inconse <laughs> it's as inconsequential as the kids wrestling in the grass. 
But we gloss over that uh, for the sake of I don't I don't know. We just want to lump all men into this uh, under this umbrella, aside from um, gay men and transgenders. But also that includes male to females and females to men. They're just any transgender who There's says I don't want to be in that. Really? Okay, you're exempt. <laughs> By the way, hit the notification bell if you haven't already, because subscriptions don't mean a whole lot on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> join the Mug Club, ninety-nine dollars annually, sixty-nine for students, veterans, active military. It's what keeps us going, and that's why oh. we are not on Patreon, which we will talk with Jordan Peterson about. Yes. We're not dependent on somebody else. Uh, also, subscribe on iTunes. Oh, uh, yeah. iTunes yes. for the yes. audio stuff. There's some. Anyway, let's go to the next clip. But you heard me. Okay. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Cool, not cool. No, bro. Okay, no, bro. I'm so sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, that ain't cool, bro. But let's be we have two white guys uh -oh. accosting yeah. women and getting stopped by a black. The well, only, not even really the only villains, by the way, in this what do we call this commercial? White guys. And by the way, the stereotypes they're using here, it just doesn't match the statistics. This is important because what this it shows you that what we're trying to do is is socially engineer people. Right. We're trying to tell you that boys shouldn't wrestle. We're trying to tell you, compare that right there to the catcalling video. Does anyone right. remember that? The only reason the catcalling was occurring was because it was in Spanish Harlem through not Spanish Harlem, commonly known as Harlem. And guess what? <laughs> it's not considered offensive there. I I lived in four, I lived in Jamaica, Queens. Four, I went to an all-black church, an Ethiopian yeah. church. Guess what? They talk during church, yeah. and they're very vocal with women. It's yeah. not considered offensive to a lot of them. Yeah. I'm not speaking for the black community, but what I am saying is that is a highly unlikely scenario. And according to the Bureau of Justice, black Americans were responsible for about 5,000 rapes per year. Uh, white uh, were responsible for about 10,000. Since they only make up about 12% of the population, that means that black men commit rape at about three times the rate of white men. Now, I'm not saying that you have to include rapists of all races and creeds. <laughs> what I am saying is, can you stop browbeating us here? We, we are not the likely rapists in this scenario. Not saying a black guy is either. He isn't, we are all <laughs> unlikely rapists. But if one of them were to say like, hey, shoddy, bring that over here. I'm gonna run a train. <laughs> Probably not Poindexter. Well, and I, I like too that it's calling like this, this person's being accosted when a guy is looking at a girl and sees a pretty girl and starts to... How in the world are you supposed to get a number or ask somebody out if you don't go and talk to them? Right. Right? Yeah. That's not accosting somebody. That's uh, Now, maybe they're trying to portray it in a different way, but can you imagine, by the way? There's no so, context. So, like, no, I no know. Absolutely no context. I mean, we assume he was going to rape. Oh, of course. Yeah, he has to. Naturally. Can you imagine, though, if he if that had been flipped and it was two black guys that were catcalling women and oh. white guys that were stopping them? There is no way. That'd be World Star Hip Hop. Oh, now, <laughs> consider. <laughs> There's no way this video would have made it onto the air. World no Star. way. By not the way, here's the thing. I am not saying people are going to worry. I'm not saying that all black Americans or most black no, Americans. I am saying that a very small minority of black Americans commit rape or sexual assault. And it's still, by the way, is significantly more than the guys who you portray as the serial rapists. Because if you go on Huffington Post right now, just search white rapists. Yeah. You will find more articles than you can read in a lifetime. Mm. That's all I'm pointing out. Considering the current state of Hollywood where people are angry, that, did you see about Brian Cranston? Yeah. yeah. The upside, like, he's playing so a disabled silly. character even though he isn't d disabled. Yeah. But uh, you mean he was acting? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. People, oh what, they're, they're mad now because trans people aren't being accurately represented. Okay, it's so if actors, let's go through, if they have to faithfully represent their demographic, and only the demographic, why are straight white males represented this way? That's my yeah. point. They totally gloss over the unusually high rates of sexual violence among gay men and among black American men to make a point to try to socially engineer you. Yeah. Overall, this ignores the point that men as a group, like, hey, rapists, rapists get killed in prison. That's it, we yeah. can move on. You want, rapists get killed in prison. They go in with violent films, people who knock off banks. 
And they say, ooh, separate the rapists because yeah. they're going to run train on that guy. <laughs> murderers. murderers. I know it's ironic the rape there yeah, in prison because he's a rapist, but yeah. it's the principle of the matter. Just let's separate him and put him in solitary. <laughs> All right, next point here is... Um, I wrote this out. Yeah, the ad just tries to paint uh, not only men as evil, like we talk, but yeah. all, all, not only all men, but masculinity itself. Yes. And so yeah. it's something that needs to be trained out. Um, masculinity, like everything else, has both positives and negatives. We've right. talked yeah. about this before. You can go back to Toxic Masculinity Debunked on YouTube. Researchers have actually recently discovered that testosterone, we know this, triggers aggressive competitive behavior in the face of a threat. But in the absence of a threat, it's actually associated with pro-social traits, like being protective, being generous. That surprises a lot of people. Yeah, well, By the way, source is PubMed, not Salon, just in case <laughs> you want to We do want to read Salon one more time, right? Yeah. That, that sounds like something that should be encouraged. Yes. Right? Yeah. Somebody who's going to protect you when you need to be protected and somebody who's going to be able to turn that off and then do what needs to be done in another situation. That sounds good. Well, we're trying have, to breed that out of people. Almost now, sounds Betty, right? Yeah. Betty's a dog Argentino like Hopper. Yeah. And so we're very careful in the sense that you don't want her to be nipping people, right? right. But we don't want to train out of her, for example, barking at the door. We right. want her to yeah. alert us if there's an intruder. You don't want to breed that out of a dog. A, a dog Argentino, they were typically used to protect the farm and also to uh, hunt cougar and, and boar out there in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, traditional kind of hunting dogs. So they're not fighting dogs. They're not, I know a lot of people are pit bulls. I don't want to get into that conversation right now because we're going to have angry, <laughs> no, angry no, no, hipsters no, yeah, yeah, on yeah. one side and I then know, Michael right. Vick. And and <laughs> you, don't want to be, you don't want to be in that conversation. Well, you, you said something about dogs that I think is relevant to this as well. You said that when she was biting at Hopper's jowls, the, the trainer actually told you, like, if Hopper snaps back, don't stop him. They said, let him they, growl. Don't let him maul let her. Let him nip. Right. In other words, like the mother at the exactly. neck. And they said, dogs, if they don't want to bite you, there's no ax there's no accidental nip. Right. So if he wants to bite you, he can bite you. You're not getting out of the way. No, exactly. So if you have a dog that nips, that's trying to signal, don't do that. Exactly. And they said, don't let them get into a fight. But if she's climbing over Hopper while he's sleeping and he growls or he, or he go, just gives her a nip closer, they said, that's yeah. actually how dogs correct each other. Exactly. And I'm like, okay. Well, right. it's like how brothers do it, too. And I, I thought that was really <laughs> yeah. interesting. Was you bit your brother? Yeah, with, that's with, weird. But, I don't know why you do that. But with the wrestling, like in the ad, I, I thought that was one of the interesting things. When I watched this Gillette ad, of course we agree. Like the bullying part, great. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody wants to bully. Of course. We agree with this. But what, what I, where I thought they missed it was when they started broadening this to the virtue signaling of, of all, like you said, all masculinity being toxic. Right. And the fact of particularly what I thought was interesting was, and I'm making a generalization here, but you, when you looked uh -oh. at the ad and you watched the most masculine guys, the guys and the guys who were unshaven, the guys who were at the barbecue, they tended to be more the alpha males. The guys who were intervening looked a little bit more schlubby. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy who goes, the they looked like they walked over like, from a split screen from the PETA ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where you're watching it going, this is really interesting here. And again, it's why, why I think the PETA ad missed and why I think this Gillette ad missed. Gillette, for decades, your target demographic has been this aspirational, macho, yeah. trying to be yeah. a good guy. Real Not necessarily a, you know, a toxic guy, I know. but a man. And, and, and then they went, because Where'd of Dollar Shave Club and Harry's, what did they do? They started going with the every, they went with the ad campaign of, hey, we're just these every guy, New England guys who make these races. <laughs> it yeah. didn't work. So now they're going with virtue signaling. And to yeah. me, this yeah. is just, it's, it's just blatantly pandering to an audience to try to say, pay more for our razors. That's actually a really good point. It's a marketing gimmick you kind of see with uh, Nike and Kaepernick. It's like new companies have come up and they've sort of disrupted these giant corporations before right. it had a bit of a stranglehold. Gillette, it was pretty much Gillette and Bic. Yeah. You know, unless you're using, I, I use I use Derby. I use an old uh, safety razor. Yeah. Works really well. Kind. So I've, I've, I've had no plottedness, but uh, I think you're right. And looking at Gillette, Dollar Shave has really disrupted the market. Right. And they're going, well, we're never going to have this kind of, I don't want to use the word monopoly, but this market share like we used to have. So 
to retain any market share, let's make sure that we have some buy-in on a social issue. Because let's right. be honest, mm. our razors really aren't any better. <laughs> Right? That's like, I've talked about this. Our, our, our sponsor, Walther, listen, there are fantastic firearms out there, right? Glock, great. Kind of basic bitch, but they're good firearms. Smith & Wesson <laughs> makes great firearms. But people will choose the Walther because you know they have the balls to support this show. Right. And they're willing to take a stand and support this show. So I advise that you support them and go try it. I still think it's the best trigger. Yeah. Doc yeah. didn't kill Hitler, Walter did, baby. And Walter killed right. Hitler. Boom. Also really, if you look at, if you follow the trail, I went to Argentina with the SS and then Tim Kennedy found me on Discovery Channel or National Geographic. I'm not sure, I'm not up to the character. I, don't, I, don't, I only do Hulu. Um, next clip. There's another clip we have, I think. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. I hope so. Uh, and you know what? I would hope thing. that instead of watching this Gillette commercial, he's watching Monday Night Raw. Is it WWF or WWE anymore? Why I don't I have, no, I have idea. no idea. The point is, I would rather, <laughs> I would rather my just... son hit me with a folding chair than say, Father, I'm a Gillette man. <laughs> By the way, those those boys go to school and they're fed this toxic masculinity ideology yes. all yeah. the time. Every they watch day. the news. They see all the mass tragedies blamed on masculinity. And now razor heads. That was kind of a rite of passage when you were a kid. Right. You yeah. went from peach, but you're like, hey, I shave. And then you realize, well, the great kids start shaving in seventh grade, but they never grow <laughs> after that. Like he had a beard in seventh grade, but he's still 5'2". Hey, let's be honest. Some of the women need to shave too. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's, no that's, the, that's the Venus ad, and it whoa. includes a Greek tranny. There you go. Who has rickets, I think. They're trying to be very diverse. Oh I just it's, it's amazing to me that razor ads now razor ads are pushing anti-male rhetoric. What what good will this do to young men? It, it's it's actually it's it's horrible for boys and the line that they use is that the boys of today will be the men of tomorrow. No, no, the boys of today, if we don't raise them differently, will be boys tomorrow as well. They yeah. will never be men. Ask women good right point. now that are in their mid-20s, whatever, looking for a man. It is few and far between. They're having to date about 10 years older, five years older in some cases, to find people who are actually men, right? And here's who are you pointing to? I'm pointing at the women. <laughs> pointing There's at the two women of them right the there. Oh, they're both too. single? Yeah. Oh, no, well, that's right. And one of the things that I hate about this ad, too, is that one I thing love that. Them. <laughs> don't, don't, this is creepy. Don't now. catcall them, but secretly, don't they don't mind it. <laughs> secretly, she they're likes like, hey, it. It's okay, right, cool. right? I think one of the problems with an ad like this is that you and I. <laughs> Every time I try to sorry, be serious. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, you're rusty. Fine. You're fine. We talked about this. Men do need to police other men better. Yes. We, we understand that, right? Yes. And that's one of the points that was made in this. I'm like, ah, crap. Like, that is a good point, but not about anything that the ad said, right? Yeah. The ad was, was trying to say that everybody was bad. And I'm like, guys, you're losing us now. The ad is you're one big exercise in associating someone's mistakes yes. with their gender. Exactly. Yeah. Every single I man. don't understand. What right. topsy-turvy world am yeah. I in here? I thought I thought we weren't supposed to do that, but you're absolutely right. Men need to police other men, but that means you need to let them wrestle. Yes. You need to let them have some conflict. Oh, wait, hold That's on a second. Joey talked about wanting to bang Tommy's sister. Now he has a snow job down his But Did you guys do that? No, not a snow job. Was, <laughs> you know you're from Colorado. We just have a lot of snow. Yeah, I'm from Texas. I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, no, snow job? That's funny. Well, I, I thought that was something hey, else. Yeah. You guys don't know nope. when you're in the South. Snow, snow we is call it a frosty. I really call it. Jeez. I'm showing. By the way, by the way, I'll get off. We have Jordan Peterson next. None of this is to point out the obvious, okay, and that Gillette, very much like the Young Turks, is funded by a foreign caliphate and affords exceptions to Islam, glaring exceptions that they don't want to... Oh. 
جميل صدى صليب الصوارم نشيد الأباء Jordan Peterson next Bimbo Bimbo My name is Mr. Susan You must choose And now it is time for you To do the choosing I am Mr. Peterson I've got you What's for dinner? Today, we're making my papa's famous DNA dip. First, you take a jar of store-bought salsa and one 1,024th a tablespoon of cumin. And you're a racist! <laughs> Join me next time for my special Beto burritos. They'll make your taste buds literally run from the cops. All mm. right, there we go. I wasn't hearing that music super loudly, no, and now I'm hearing myself really loudly. We need to boost really it loud. Loud. Boost You know why? Because our next guest, many would refer to him as, as high amplitude. Not necessarily high energy, very articulate, but I am seeing him for the first time today uh, via Skype in, a, I believe, to be a Henley t-shirt. Of course, you know him, 12 <laughs> Rules for Life. You can follow him at Jordan B. Peterson, selfauthoring.com. Uh, I don't know if the Crowder discount, entering promo word Crowder, is still available, but he does have a new discount. I believe it's NY2019. Yeah, Dr. 2019. Peterson, how are you, sir? I'm good, Stephen. How are you doing? I am doing well. This is the first time I've seen you not only outside of Tweed, but without a collar, and that, that looks like you're doing the yeah. micro Henley. Yeah, 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 I know. Well, um, I'm in Switzerland um, taking care of some urgent business here, so I didn't have time to uh, what adopt any sartorial splendor, unfortunately. <laughs> now, when you landed in Switzerland, did they check your passport and you immediately grew a beard, or was this months <laughs> of work? Well, uh, it's in and out, man. Um, I've been working on this one for a couple of months. My wife likes it, and I don't know. Good That's for good you. Good. She has to look at me. I like oh, it too, I You're suppose. lucky. <laughs> I had one for a little bit, and my wife hated it, and she hated it even more when we had to shave it into a mustache for a sketch. She actually told me um, that uh, she refused to have intercourse with me until I shaved the mustache, but that when I shaved the mustache, I was guaranteed uh, relations, which I think is incredibly unfair. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's part of the whole oppression thing. Right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. First show back, first guest. We really wanted to have you on. Um, and obviously a lot has happened since we've been gone. But really, I think it's just two days ago, if I'm correct, you officially completely deleted 
Patreon, right? Was that what, when you kind of finalized it? Yep, yep, that's right. On the 15th, I shut down my Patreon account. I still had about 4,300 active subscribers, which was down from about 10,000 because people had been bailing out in, yeah. in protest after they banned Sargon of Akkad or Carl Benjamin. Right now, for in their wisdom, yes, exactly. Yeah, well, for right. people who don't know, who are, I know most people watching, listening have followed this. Uh, kind of, I guess, sort of explain to them what led to this. Sargon was banned, and then I know you and a few people said, "Okay, tanné," as we say in French Canada. Enough. Yeah, well, you know, there were other people kicked off Patreon before. Um, at other platforms, it's happening quite often. People get demonetized, and there's this increasing culture of censorship that seems to be developing in the tech community. Um, it's understandable to some degree. Like, it's not obvious to me that a corporation can run something like YouTube or Patreon or any of these really broad-scale social networks for any length of time because of their free-for-all nature. It, it seems to clash with the constraints that corporations are likely to develop. We'll see. Like, all this technology is so new that no one really understands this, but Patreon got really heavy-handed with Carl Benjamin, Sargon of Akkad, you know, who's a mainstream liberal by anybody's account. Right. And they decided to cut him off. And, you know, it's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable, as far as I'm concerned. So Ruben and I, and well, Sam Harris dumped Patreon pretty much right away. And Ruben and I talked about it, and David Ruben. And uh, we decided that enough was enough. We'd been in discussion with Sam as well. And um, so, uh, you know, I've replaced it with a different system on my own website uh, for people who are interested in still, let's say, participating or yeah. Um, supporting my YouTube channel. Well, a couple of things that, that I think are important well. there is, I, from yeah. what I understand, Sargon was not banned for anything that he actually said. I think it was because he was on somebody else's program, from what I understand. They didn't even really give him well, a he didn't. Well, he didn't say anything on Patreon. He was yeah. on a different platform. Yeah, right. and, I mean, he, he used some harsh language, and, and maybe his language was ill-advisable. I mean, what the, he, what the hell? That's not the issue here. Right. The issue is that increasingly corporations are taking it upon themselves to decide what constitutes acceptable political discourse. And I don't even think they can do that legally because you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of creed. But um, we'll yeah. see. Anyways, I'm not happy about it. And um, I just didn't think it was a good idea to continue because of that. So Now, where you do know, you draw the line test, with, with Patreon versus YouTube, obviously, where you're still active, or Twitter? Um, what, what would you say is kind of the... Is there a kind of a dividing line, a principle? Was there something that was a precipice here where you said, okay, Patreon, no, but I'm still going to work with YouTube and, and Twitter because oh, we know God. that you haven't had an easy go there. Who, who knows? You know, um, I had an alternative to pay, Patreon in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, the YouTube channel I provide free, so I think it's a good public service, I suppose. Right. And... Um, I don't know. It's like there was a famous Supreme Court justice in the United States who said something about pornography that's probably germane. He said, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And these these calls are sort of like that. I mean, I had lots of discussions with my friends who basically brought up the same issue. It's like, well, where do you draw the line? Because yes. there's there's crazy practices in every corporate structure. And yeah, 
I don't know, you draw the line when your conscience starts bothering you, I suppose, you know. I think I draw the line for, for me. This is just me speaking out loud, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. Yeah. I think they can do whatever they want. My issue is when they are involved in dishonest business practices. So I have no issue if YouTube or Patreon says, listen, we don't tolerate this because we fancy ourselves arbiters of a social justice movement or any type of movement. And this is not a, t a point of view that we tolerate. We won't allow conservatives. We won't allow these kinds of words to be used. My issue is when places like YouTube say, uh, no, we're a platform for all. We welcome all opinions. We welcome all political uh, affiliations and then dishonestly try to shadow ban them. I think that is a dishonest business practice and different from censorship. And and that's what I've tried to, to, to focus on. Unfortunately, with Patreon, right, they, have, they, they can pinch the valve uh, financially on people. So it's a little different. Yeah, well, I also think that that's a, a breach of implicit contract. You know, when you set up a funding system like that, you basically become a person's lifeline in some sense. You know, right. Ben Carl's a good example because he's devoted his career, it is his career, really, the production of these YouTube videos. And for Pete, for, for that just to be arbitrary, dis, arbitrarily dispensed with indicates to me the fundamentally fundamental unreliability of the platform. Yep. You, you know, you, you, you've entered into a, an implicit contract with your creators, which is that you're not going to cut their feet out from underneath them when they're successful. Right. And, and I think they violated that. So I definitely think they I mean, violated that, and, and I remember even speaking with Carl about this. I think you were even here, Quarter Black. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, listen, Patreon is, can just be another YouTube. So the issue is people are going, well, I'm kind of hedging my bets from YouTube with Patreon and Twitter with Instagram, and uh, that's a big reason we've started what we call Mug Club here. It's a, it's a membership because no one yeah. can cut us off from our, uh, yeah. our viewer. And we've said we're not going to have another cup, especially when it's got Patreon's logo on it. We're not going to rattle that cup because it could be taken away, and we're not going to provide people with any other way to support the show outside of a reasonably priced membership because, unfortunately, people will often flock to Patreon, you know, and maybe put in a dollar or two. But often, if those people feel they're getting enough value added, they'll join up. Unfortunately, Patreon has been so dishonest, I kind of saw this guy falling a little bit, and I, I, it, it pains me to see it happening now, but I wish I could say yeah. we're surprised. Yeah, well, you know, I think the subscription model, the private subscription model is not a bad one because it does leave things under your control. And part of the way that, um, you know, part of the way that people like me and Ruben and some of the other people that are associated with this hypothetical intellectual dark web have survived to some degree is by not having any, um, any corporate masters. Right. And so preserving that, which is which makes the whole idea of the intellectual dark web kind of suspect in and of itself because it, it indicates a grouping of sorts, but everybody has their own private fiefdom in some sense, and that does offer a certain amount of protection. I'm experimenting at the moment with the production of a system that would serve as an alternative to Patreon, but and it's well underway. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know when it'll be launched because software development's a tricky business, but I would suspect in the next couple of months, and we're hoping that we might be able to figure out how to solve some of the problems that Patreon ran into. At least we're going to do our best not to throw people off arbitrarily, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, well, I think it's so important but, that you reach people. Uh, I want to see you out there on YouTube and Instagram. And I know Patreon isn't so much an information delivery uh, avenue, right? Like YouTube, it's more so a way for you to collect revenue. Um, but I, I desperately, 
do I don't want to see you banned from YouTube or Twitter. I want to see you using your premium content, your paywall service like you're talking about to get more free content out there. That's what we we have more free content than ever. We said we're not just going to put it behind the paywall. We're going to use the support to be a thorn in YouTube side, to be a thorn in Twitter yeah. side and hire lawyers. We have lawyers. We have a lawyer on retainer, half Asian, brilliant lawyer. We're great. probably going to get more. Um, where we're in constant conversations because man, I think what's happened is two years ago, there was no Jordan Peterson, not to the level that you are now. Um, you obviously existed. I'm not saying that this, you were metaphysical. I'm just Sorry, saying Sorry, I quasi-existed. Yes, you quasi-existed. Um, but now you search Young Turks, you're there. If you search uh, Stephen Colbert, mm. you are my, this show is there. And we're on equal footing. And so I think this is where the rubber meets the road. It could get dicey because you find yourself in the crosshairs and you saw it with Patreon, but I think more important, Obviously, I don't, want to, I don't want to minimize it. Finances are super important to you, but more important from a viewer's perspective is I want to make sure your voice is still heard out there. So where's the best way for people to support that in a viewership role to support you? Well, if they if, if, probably they just go to jordanbpeterson.com and there's a site there that, that I set up. It's not a subscription site yet, although we are investigating that. It's just a... It's just an alternative for Patreon support. And I hope to be offering people who do that some perks in the future. Um, I don't know exactly what that'll be. I'm still trying to sort this out after rather precipitously deciding to leap out of the Patreon boat. Yeah. Um, it, so, it helps well, if you so get enough tokens, you take off your shirt. I've heard that, do, that, that <laughs> does pretty well. Need a tip jar. Especially with the yeah, beard. I got enough tokens they could get me to put it back on. I, <laughs> I doubt it. You've gone from professor, you know, sort of debonair, uh, suave professor now to like hatchet man. You look like an, an axe, like the brawny man right, right now. So you, you pull them both off very well, sir. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I'm getting old. It's good to know that I can still manage that at least to some degree. Well, yeah. come on. I don't and think I've been you're... writing my new book. Okay. Can you tell us about, can you yeah. tease that at all? Well, uh, it's going to be called either 12 it's going to be called uh, beyond order or beyond mere order i haven't decided which uh another 12 rules for life 12 more rules for life sorry that's the working title at the moment and i've got it i've got the whole first draft laid out and i'm hope it's i i wasn't finished explaining everything that i wanted to explain or deal with in the first book and so i'm hoping this one will be better um i'm doing everything i possibly can to make it better and i've got a Brief California tour coming up, uh, four days in California, and then I'm off to Australia, New Zealand, for 15 shows, in, and so that's that'll pretty much do in February. Yeah, that's going to be so, a lot of work. So, uh, and people can go yeah. see this at, at your website, I imagine JordanBPeterson.com. All the tour dates. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the lecture tour, man. It's been so positive. It's really, you know, I, I went to 115 cities last year with my wife. It's a lot of cities, man. It's Google, uh, what was it, you know, Google tracks your movement and they claim that Tammy, my wife, went around the world six times last year. So I think her average ground speed was about 100 miles an hour. So, But how could she uh, get to Australia via ground? Um, my question <laughs> I do have this question because <laughs> you, you mentioned, it, you, barely, you mentioned uh, your second book, Another 12 Rules. Why not stop at 10? Or did you, were you inspired by another specifically 12 rules? Because it seems like a very, a very specific number that you've, uh, you've decided to, to use here. Well, 12 is a good, 12 is a good number because it's divisible by one, two, three, four, and six. And 
you know, I mean. Okay. But most of the reason mostly was that the book the book should be of a certain length, but not too long, and all of the chapters should work together. That's what I wanted to do to make it a coherent whole, because each chapter stands alone. But I wanted it to be a coherent whole, and that seemed to happen at around twelve. And um, so, apart from the handiness of the number, in some sense, there was the fact that it just seemed to fit with the. It fits nicely with the idea of a dozen. You know, it's a unit, a dozen. Um, and it, it made a book of the right length and the right coherence. And so, and because it was, what would you say? It seemed to fill a need. You know, people, the, the book sold 3 million copies now, I believe, worldwide. And so. Um, I guess humility doesn't appear on your personality chart. <laughs> Jeez, way to make us feel small. But I understand, 10 would have left me wanting. Um, but I. <laughs> That's, I wouldn't have wanted that. I would. I wanted to make sure that you were satisfied. Well, I, I am very satisfied, and I, I really Good. enjoy the personality quiz, of course. And I am looking forward. If book two ah. is number, is book two. If book two, number two is as good as number one, um, I think I think we're all in for a treat. Gosh, I sound like I a hope it'll be better. I sound like a substitute kindergarten teacher. I believe we're all in for a real treat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a real treat, man. Going through what, that book. That's what what, what says. happened? Speaking of treats, you were just talking before we uh, we came in from the break here about. Uh, the new is it the APA guidelines for raising boys American. and yes okay no it's for, it's for engaging in therapy with them but yes it's for raising them American Psychological Association guidelines for the treatment of men and boys psychological treatment of men and boys oh yeah it reads like a bloody social justice warrior manifesto yeah it really does I mean the language is just unbelievable so in the first few pages of the guidelines so this is the professional body that governs psychologists which makes it really pernicious these guidelines because it opens up the specter that if you don't follow them, that you could be gone after by your college for not adhering to a uh, mm. proper standard of care, which I think is probably lurking in the background of these conniving uh, uh, ideologues. Uh, so, I mean, here's, here's what they start with, with definitions, for example. This is okay. in the first couple of pages. So, of course, the first thing we need to define is gender. And then cisgender is the next one, then gender bias, and then gender role strain, and then masculinity ideology, right? Yeah, so God. that's that's a nice one. And then gender role conflict, and then oppression and privilege. So and that that's the that's the introduction to the entire document. And so it's not a guideline for the treatment of men and boys. It's a it's a it's a postmodern manifesto. Uh, guised in the language of 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 pseudo guys, what would you say? Disguised in the language of psychological science, it's an absolutely appalling document. I'm embarrassed to be part of the same profession as the people who produced this. Mm. And uh, well, let me ask it, you this: This is my question to you, because you know you've talked about how kind of this might have been going on in the, in the corporate side, where we're talking about Patreon and YouTube for a while, and now they've gotten worse, or maybe we've just been able to shine a light on it recently. There's kind of a debate about that. How long has this been going on in the community of psychologists? Because you know, if you have the the DSM, you know, four or five, it seems, and I've I've read quite a bit uh, between four and five, where they've changed terminology, and my psychologist said that they're probably going to change the whole transgender, transsexual definition, that it's not necessarily determined by science. How long has this been going well, on? Look, you know, psychiatric diagnostic categories are a weird hybrid between science and, and let's call it engineering, because 
medicine, psychiatry being part of that, let's say clinical psychology as well, is more like engineering than it is like science, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a matter of doing something in the world. And there's many masters you have to serve as a psychologist or a psychiatrist. There's the scientific masters, let's say, based on research, but there's, there's the interplay between the science and, and social norms and ideals that are partly social and partly biological. And, and psychiatry plays a what what it's an intermediary role between all of those loci of of influence, and so diagnostic categories do shift around. But the terrifying thing is to see it come under the sway of what's a what's clearly a, a very very narrow-minded ideology, and it and 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 I think it's terribly disruptive for the for the profession. I mean, I'm I'm sure that this document although it's pleased a number of people, has, has radically decreased the possibility that many so-called traditional men or men who have any shred of traditional uh, values would rather suffer miserably than ever risk going to see a psychologist. Right. I mean, that would certainly be my attitude after reading a document like this. Is like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see you guys. I wouldn't go see one of you guys if I was crawling half dead to the window I was going to jump out of. Right. You know, and yeah. the window that I, I think I think it's inexcusable what they've done. I think you're right. I think if you jumped out a window, your beard would jump out about five seconds before you oh. would with the thickness. Just, <laughs> I would see the beard and like, oh, there's a Peterson attached to that beard. But I, I you know, <laughs> yeah, it, there's one other thing. It's it's also full of lies. So here's yeah. the biggest lie. All right. So the idea is that masculine aggression is a consequence of the abnormal socialization of young boys by men, fundamentally. Right. That's, that's sort of the core message. And that's complete nonsense for a variety of reasons. The first reason is, is that the, the evidence indicates overwhelmingly that boys from fatherless families are far more likely to be trouble, antisocial, criminal, yep. all of that, uh, uh, characterized by psychiatric disorders, alcoholism, drug abuse, and violent gang behavior. Yep, you bet. So the absence of men actually is what's producing the violence that they theoretically decry, mm -hmm. not the presence of men. So that's and, and then the other thing is the the notion that aggression in men is socialized is also not accurate. So the data that I think is reliable indicates that at the at the age of two, there's a distribution of aggression. Now, boys, two-year-old boys are more aggressive than two-year-old girls, but there's a subset of boys who are really quite aggressive at two. They're likely to kick, hit, steal, and bite. For, and that's the definition of aggression. But almost all of those boys are socialized by the time they're age four. So yeah. what happens actually is that a lot of what socialization does is make people less aggressive. And it's obviously the case that the firm hand of a present father is one sure. of the forces that reduces aggression. And so not only is the document ideologically written in a manner that's absolutely reprehensible, but what it says, I believe, to be scientifically false. Right. Also, a, a father in a household decrease the like, uh, it decreases the likelihood of a stripper daughter. But it's true. Denzel Washington talked about this. He talked about, I think, it's Lil true. Yum Yum. And I remember someone asked him about the black community. He said, Lil Yum Yum, they talk about him. He, he killed people at seven years old. 
Do you think at that point it was society, it was school? Do you think that's, no, there wasn't a dad in the home. And the interviewer stopped, didn't know what to say. He was talking about this kid who was a murderer um, who didn't have a dad. And I think you're, we just talked about this in the previous segment with the Gillette commercial. Um, I think an oh, important yeah, irony that, piece of work, well, it's, it's, they're, they're one and the same. The yeah. problem, I think it, 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 an important irony thing. that you pointed out is they say, you know, the problem with toxic masculinity is then boys won't discuss their feelings or they won't cry. Here's the thing. Boys should be able to discuss their feelings, but it should be okay if boys don't cry. Sometimes anger is their crying. And I tell you what, as someone who's gone through this, as a man who's suffered from chronic pain when I kind of had to get in order, I will tell you, it is something that often, because of progressive leftists or because of people who throw out these diagnoses to everyone, it made me less likely to try and seek help. Because I'm going, well, that's not a real thing. That's just something that people paint everyone in that category. The same thing with men and psychologists. They'll go, oh, they're going to say positive steps, and they're going to tell me to choose my gen They're not going to come forward. That's an irony. That's well, why men fear no, There's also no bloody evidence that discussing your feelings is effective psychologically. Right. So, so what, what's effective psychologically, it seems to be a lot more coherently cognitive than that. So, for example, there's a good body of research done by uh, uh, James Pennebaker at the University of Texas at Austin. And he actually tested to find out whether the expression of feelings had a curative consequence. And what he found wasn't, that wasn't it at all. Like, if you face something in your past that really bothers you, let's say, and you discuss it, you get better if you build a causal model of what happened mm -hmm. so that you can understand the forces that were at play so that you can eliminate the forces that weren't at play so it's not as confusing and so that you learn how to avoid that in the future. Yes. So it's actually the development of cognitive understanding that's useful from a clinical perspective and not the expression of feelings. Right. Uh, so let me, let me clarify something there. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. What, what I meant when I say talking about feelings, I meant yep. men tend to, and you know this, we've talked, men tend to suffer in silence, meaning they often won't reach out for help for a solution. Uh, a psychologist I see is actually, I guess they call her like an executive psychologist. And I go in, she goes, well, what are your stress levels? What are the major stressors? This is what you can do to eliminate those. How can you organize? These are very um, tangible steps to take. Yes, but exactly. a lot of men won't do that. I don't mean just talk about how their father didn't hug them enough, but a lot of men suffer in silence, and it's because of some of these things like you're talking about. Where well, it's also the, it's true. It's also the case that, you know, men are lower in negative emotion than women. Yeah. And a lot of that's genetic, regardless of what the bloody social construction is say. And so... It takes a higher level of distress to, to, what would you say, to motivate men to, um, to pay attention to what the stressor is. Now, you know, and I'm saying this. Look, I'm saying this as someone whose threshold for negative emotion is pretty damn low. Right. Like I'm a pretty emotional guy. You know. Uh, much to my chagrin frequently. Oh, believe me, we but, did the ter personality test on this program for the whole world. Yeah. We saw, I think it was 3% polite, but 98% compassion. You try, you try rectifying that, but yes, go ahead. Right, 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 right. So, so you know, part of the reason that men don't discuss their feelings is because the threshold for distress is higher in men. And that's not, it's not obvious at all that that's a function of socialization. It might be in part, but that's another thing. Because... The people who wrote this are radical social constructionists. They believe everything is a consequence of socialization and right. that there are no genuine gender differences. Um, anyways, it's an appalling document. No, I think... So I'm, as I said, I'm embarrassed to be a member of the same profession as the ideologues who cranked that out in their, all of their, uh, what would you call it, virtue signaling um, 
self-righteousness. I'd go damage with, the field un, unrecoverably. I'd go with assholery. But I think they're synonyms, if, if you look it up. Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, so glad you were here for the first show back. Uh, JordanBPeterson.com. I want people to stay posted. And please do actually reach out to us behind the scenes if you're talking about creating paywall content. We might be able to help you with that. And selfauthoring.com, the promo code. If Crowder doesn't work, it's NY2019, correct? Yeah, and that's for the future authoring program, which helps people plan their life. That's a New Year's special for everyone. It's 50% off. So if you're still looking to make some resolutions, future Ooh. authoring is a really good planning program. Yes, though I did think it was distasteful when I entered in my information and it fed back, kill yourself. I thought, well, this is not, this is somewhat bleak. It's well, almost it's, like the Watchmen. It's, it's harsh, but it's accurate. Yes, I understand. And then it said, uh, but leave us your Patreon. All right, that is Jordan Peterson, at Jordan B. Peterson, I think on the Twitter. Uh, and I'm giving yes, all sir. the plugs here, at Jordan B. Peterson. Thank you so much, Doctor. I appreciate it. Be well and uh, enjoy Switzerland with your wonderful beard. Walking out my face. Open your mind. Let us begin our quest to find. صليل الصوارم نشيد الأباء ودرب القتال طريق الحياة فبين اقتحام. All right, listen, t producer Tim, get out of here. And then Matt is on his phone right yeah, now. Look at this. He doesn't even realize this is a live read. Uh, newest sponsor we're proud to bring on because we're not beholden to Patreon or YouTube's ad revenue. Liberty Health Share. Uh, it's a health sharing company. And I understand that like health insurance. It's uh, built based around, obviously, liberties and freedoms, as you know. Yeah. From, uh, they give, basically give you the freedom America. to choose your own doctor, choose your own hospital. Um, they actually make health care affordable for a lot of people out there who thought that it wouldn't be. So plans actually start at $199 for a, a single person, $399 for a couple. And uh, I think no matter how big the family, it's $529. You can learn a little bit more at SaveWithLiberty.com. It's different from health insurance. It's health sharing. So they're actually exempt from some of the regulations that typical insurance companies are. Ooh. And so, you know what? That means they can exclude uh, you, so if you're, if you're living in a diet of, of fried Snickers and Marlboro's or, or Chesterfields, like if they still make Chesterfields, probably not for you. But uh, I do have Liberty Health Sharing. I've had great results with my father. You know, he had cancer. Yeah. Guess what? Liberty Health Sharing took care of him immediately. And you have to go to his America. network. Uh, if you go back to that episode, we did a, the best cancer joke off. Distasteful? Sure. But <laughs> Liberty was health. They were happy with the plug. That's SaveWithLiberty.com. And uh, we're so glad to have them on board with the show. Get yourself some health sharing. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. I disagree. I think it can be communal. Feel your hands, you basic b- Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. There are plenty of great firearm options out there. All we ask is that you try the Walther and let us know. Try it. You'll buy it. See what I did there? It's a good gun.
We just had a quick call with Arnold Schwarzenegger during the break, which we'll probably oh, post man, next so week because we couldn't get it going going up here. What was the Arnold movie, Matt, where he had like the was it Commando where he was using the reed? Jingle all the way. Oh, <laughs> breathing under. Yeah, it breathing. It was like a it was like like a marsh reed. Is that yeah. what you call it? Yeah, was breathing it, through it. I think was that it commando? was Commando. There's no way you would get enough air. No. But no. Dutch didn't, well, and in Predator, too, we established. The man withstood a nuclear blast in Predator. This is There's true. There's nothing he can't. And, and he had a baby. And then turned into Danny, to Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> Little I, known fact. I only realized very recently what a truly awful film Predator 2 was. Arnold, I will tell you, he was smart. He knows when to avoid some <laughs> steaming yeah, piles yeah. of, oh, um, gosh. of train. When I was a kid, I thought it was cool because it was a film that I shouldn't see. Right, because more of a horror film than an action film, Predator oh, yeah. Two. Yeah, and very I rewatched bloody. it, and I said, "This is this this is really bad." That's all. Um, <laughs> That's it. Where are you going? We have to go here to the closing segment. Where are you going to be here? Uh, I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Arizona, February 7th through the 10th. You can always find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Matt Eisman. I want to say congrats on the comeback, man. Take care of yourself. This is something I've learned the hard way. Your health comes first. It so. wasn't a comeback, though, because I was like, oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> so the boy, you know. Um, yeah. It's very uncomfortable yeah. in the breakfast club. He, he realized midway through, he's like, oh, shoot, that means that I was down, but I don't. Like, no, nah, it's not. I was always good. Like, what's a comeback? Right. I, but I'm just like the best. Let's Drake, Drake stole things. my flow. Man. Yeah, but actually he did though, because Drake is a buttersoft bitch from Toronto, and he's half Jewish. He played the he played the Jewish quadriplegic in Degrassi, the one kid who couldn't outrun the school shooter. Now, yeah, last name greatest, first name ever, whatever it is. I don't know the lyrics. I don't like him. <laughs> I know the area he's from. It's a very nice area. Okay. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming in, though I'm a little upset that you lost weight over the holidays. He's the one guy who comes in. He's fitter and tanner. Well, again, I do have to say, for those, if you're going to be in L.A., Arnold Schwarzenegger's bringing the Arnold Strongman Classic for the first time ever. Ooh. He's doing it in Los Angeles. I'm going to be hosting it at the Santa Monica Pier, the original mm -hmm. home okay. of Muscle Beach, which is why I've been trying to work out. Because <laughs> your buddy Brian Shaw, he's not competing He's already qualified for the uh, for the finals in yeah. Columbus, but he's going to be there. And that dude. Well, that if you're concerned about Brian Shaw, what you need if you lift weights and eat a very serious, you know, uh, the opposite of a caloric deficit for years, um, and you show up, he he can eat you. So there's that. <laughs> if you do everything right. Was that what Mark Ripito taught you? You need to eat another human being, yeah. and then you get stronger. You need to drink a gallon of milk a day. Like, what about two gallons? I'm quite concerned you would defecate cheese. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. No, he's Mark really does. Scientifically, he can train anybody to get stronger. Right. It's unbelievable. Brian Shaw doesn't really need that no. at this point. But my point was, you know, it, it's a it's a great message that you know we all learn the hard way. Take care of yourself. Thank you. I'm doing I'm doing my and I appreciate a lot of people out there. Uh, I've sent a lot of well wishes. Some of you sent packages to places that where I have never been. Uh, I found out there uh, this beer came in for you. I'm like. Well, that's nice. I've, I've never, Great. I've never been to South Carolina, um, but I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, to get full disclosure, listen, I'm, I'm still co coming back here. It's, it's a long process. I was burning the candle for too long, and, and didn't really uh, t take into consideration what I actually needed to. Couple, there's been a lot of rumors. Don't have AIDS. Don't have cancer. I said <laughs> I don't have cancer. Look, it sounded like he said he has cancer. I swear uh, to you. I heard cancer, guys. Um, and, uh, okay, here's some other things I'm going on. Since I've been gone, this whole kind of, there's CRTV is what it was. Uh, now there's a blaze with Glenn Beck. Things happened with Gavin. Listen, this, this is Mug Club. We're funded by you, the viewer at Mug. So let me tell you, I had no idea about a lot of this stuff going on, okay? I've never worked for the blaze. I don't work for the blaze. 
this is something that is separate where we actually allow you to get more value for your, for your buck uh, in, a, in agreement with CRTV, I guess, now the place where you get more content. I didn't know about the Gavin McGinnis situation until you did. And let me be really clear. Gavin McGinnis has an open seat and invitation to work on a permanent basis here on this show if he wants to. He knows it. And now, by the way, also do his own show. I, I doubt it because not only of contractual issues, but he's in talks with other places, as he should be, by the way. Uh, he's a very valuable commodity. And he likely doesn't want to move. But I, I want to be really clear. I love Gavin. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if he wants to work here or with us, all he needs to do is say yes. Uh, and the same, by the way, we just talked with Jordan Peterson. The same goes for the rest of you who've been bludgeoned, censored, banned. We can now build an army. It's not just ladder with Crowder. The whole purpose to Mug Club is we can create more content. You want to work? Come work here. And, and no more tin cups. We're not rattling around tin cups. Especially tin cups that are emblazoned with Patreon. It's not even your cup. We've talked about this for a long time. It's not to insult anyone who was on Patreon, but effectively, you are begging people for money on a platform that can be taken away at any second. We, because of you, don't have to do that anymore. We're incredibly fortunate. Uh, in an industry like this, just like any industry, really, a lot of things can happen behind the scenes, okay, that some people um, can't know about. So, we, for example, we've never used Patreon for reasons that are now apparent. We've never done super chats on YouTube for reasons that will be apparent. I've been warning against this for a long time when it's not your cup. You want to support this show? You join Mug Club. That's it, period. Lighthousebetter.com slash Mug Club. Because no one can take it away from us. That's it, ever. No one can snatch you from our hands or us from yours. We know exactly what we're doing. Well, I shouldn't say we know exactly what we're doing. We know exactly who you are. We know exactly what the priority is here. And that's what I do want to talk about, priorities. We don't know exactly where we'll be a year from now, maybe two years from now, but I can tell you that we'll be there, that this will be there, that you can support us, that we will be creating content for you because Mug Club is ours. It's not Patreon. It's not The Blaze. I like Glenn Beck. Friend of mine. Good guy. I have no idea what decisions go on that don't directly involve our program as it stands right now, especially when I'm effectively fighting for my life with health issues. It hasn't been at the top of my list. Um, let me give you, there's some things, you work in companies, and, and I'm sure you, you're a person of industry. Probably some unemployed people here are like, oh, that was a cheap shot. But listen, you can better yourself. We've had some people in this company um, do some things that have affected the program that I'll never talk about, okay? Out of respect for them, and because some of them don't want us to. The same thing, though, has happened everywhere I've ever worked, and that's happened everywhere you've ever worked. I can never promise you that I'll always be happy with the changes that are outside of my control. For example, Gavin, right? Uh, or I can't promise that you'll be happy, for that matter, with changes that are outside of our control. The only thing I can promise you, not only on my behalf, but everyone here at the Ladder with Crowder team, is that we will always focus on creating content for you the fans, the viewer, the listener, period. That's all I've ever done. A lot of people say, I just had to do the art for me. That never even occurred to me during this break. What occurred to me was getting healthy so that I could do this program properly for the people who deserve it. You deserve this program. I talk a lot about entitlement. I know that people shouldn't feel entitled to programming, but you've earned it because you've paid us to do this show for you. And we owe it to you to do it correctly. I mean, this has been going on my whole life. When things happened behind the scenes at PJTV where I worked, a lot of people who aren't familiar with PJTV, this is back when I had a blue bedsheet background. I focused on creating content as opposed to the drama behind the scenes. Uh, when behind the scenes, Fox News. When I lived in New York, they had drama going on like the world's biggest high school. I solely focused on you, viewers, fans. At that point, I think it might have been 50,000 subscribers on YouTube, period. When everyone else was getting into pissing contests on YouTube, you've heard about that. Why don't you, why don't you sound off on this? 
because it's not worth my time, it's not worth your time. When everyone else was getting into a Schwanson measuring contest, this whole team here instead decided to focus on creating content for you, the viewer, period. When I worked for a year and a half, driving across the entire state, by the way, to do a radio show that was syndicated, I had own people on my payroll, was never paid a dime. You can go back and listen to this show. When it was syndicated across Michigan, and eventually I think 15 markets, never made any money. We came really close to curtains. We didn't talk about it on air. We focused on you. At that point, no viewers, just the listener, period. Creating the show for the listener. When other things have happened here behind the scenes, a lot of with Crowder, some things you can never know, and some things that tear me apart inside, like a million hacksaws trying to rip out my gut, I've just tried to focus on creating content for you. And when things happen behind the scenes outside of your control, uh, in life, or outside of our control going forward, we're always going to be focusing on content creation. You know what, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but the promise that I'm making is backed up by a pretty long track record that I'd encourage you to look up. The same thing happened when I did stand-up. You know, Matt, Matt was here for the show. When I did stand-up, I remember I did a show at Champlain College. Uh, I was starting stand-up comedy. We were doing a show for Thanksgiving turkeys, okay? And what happened was the show was on a Saturday, and there was an open house on the following Monday. The school kicked us out because the people who had the open house for the following Monday said, we technically have it for the whole weekend. We said, well, do you need it for the whole weekend? They said, no, but we think you might, you might make it dirty. And what did I do? I actually hired a third-party cleaning company and proved that we would leave the place cleaner than we found it. They said no. Turns out they didn't want the show to happen. We got booted from that school. What did we do? Johnny Boy, our producer here, can tell you he was there. We actually kept the show because we, we had to spend $800, which at the point was a ton of money, to rent a theater across the street from that school, Champlain College. The school across the street was De Roche. You can go either De Roche or De Roche. Don't fact check me on that, I don't remember. It wasn't my school, they wore really weird uniforms. I wasn't into it. We had to rent out that school and we had people with signs in front of the school that kicked us out, directing them across the street because we couldn't not do a show for people at that point who not only paid for it, but given money to charity. And it's a lesson that I've always tried to apply to every aspect of life. And here's the thing, it's not just about the show, you can too. I learned that yes, you need to prepare, you need to organize, you need to have contingency plans, we've talked about that, but there will always be obstacles that will form against you. Things that don't go as you expect. Sometimes curveballs are thrown at you and they can be really, really hard. I've had a few lately, but if you have a focus, if you have a singular purpose and you know that you're rightfully living in your purpose, when you hit those walls, you can fight and scrape and claw your way over them because you have a vision of what is truly important. You usually can get it done. And sometimes, by the way, you will have to accept that you can't. And I had to do that recently. I had to say, you know what, I can't do this as well as I need to do it for the viewers because I'm not well. But guess what, until you've done that, you couldn't possibly know what can't really is. Until you've hit a wall that you thought was something you couldn't overcome, and you did, and then you hit the real wall, it's like a twister in a thriller movie, right? It's a twist. It's a curveball that's thrown at you. But you have to know how it ends so you know what a curveball actually is. You have to know what's insurmountable versus what you can actually control. 2018 was a really hard year. Let me tell you this. So this is just be as straightforward as possible. Can't give you all the details. Year of curveballs after curveball after curveball. Um, Deep personal loss. There were some tragedies that uh, can't necessarily talk personal. It wouldn't be appropriate to talk about on the show. Uh, even some blinding physical pain that I was struggling with. We talked about this a lot of times. Men suffer in silence. I did that. It was stupid. It was stupid of me to do. 2018 will probably go down as one of the hardest years of my life. Of, of the lives of many people here, by the way. 
There are people who moved across the country to work here. There are people who had no experience in some of the job positions where they are, but just had an attitude and grit and had to push so hard that now they're seeing uh, at the end of the tunnel. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. But you know what else? Yeah, it was a hard year. It'll also go down as the year that this program grew exponentially. That this program pulled past late night shows on networks in viewership. In influence, in, in scope, with a fraction, by the way, of the budget of just the other hosts' salaries. It'll go down as the year, 2018, that Change My Mind was invented. It'll go down as the year that Louder the Crowder, this show, you guys, surpassed the Young Turks without tens of millions of dollars from a foreign caliphate. We did it by selling freaking mugs. Think about that for a second. And by reinvesting what you generated in the movement, what you've created, every single one of you watching, listening, and supporting through Mug Club, we've been able to have these accomplishments, even in a really tough year. It'll go down as a year that people like you not only made your voices heard, but that all of you now, we talked about this with Jordan Peterson, are being heard on the same plane as the voices that have dominated the entertainment industry, media, and big tech for decades. Not for decades, since its inception. There has never been a time in media or in big tech that was not dominated by far leftists. 2018 will go down as the year that your voices, that our voices were no longer marginalized. I want you to think about that for a second. A couple of years ago on YouTube, let's just go with YouTube alone. If you search for something, anything that was going on in the news, you were bombarded nonstop with only one voice, that of the far left. Not only the far left, but the voice of presuming, by the way, that all of you were searching were leftists by default. There wasn't even an alternative. And all of you, okay, all of us, we were just considered fringe. They tried to fit all of us conservatives, what do you want to call us? Libertarians, constitutionalists, federalists, whatever it is, red pillars, you name it. Racists, homophobic, sexist, uh, bigots, then uh, alt-right was a big one they tried to do in, uh, in, in 2018. But in 2018, for the first, 2016, sorry, uh, that was the election. Gosh, it's only two years away. Well, I guess technically it's going to be three soon. It's getting there. It's getting there. So, uh, but think about that. In 2018, for the first time, you see, you search, you see Young Turks video, we're there. CNN pushes a lie, we're all right there. Zuckerberg has a summit, we're there. YouTube pushes the YouTube Heroes censorship program, we're there. And guess what that means? If we're there, you're there. And for the first time, we're all there every bit as loud as the voices of opposition. Personally, 2018 will go down not as only a hard year, but a year of breakthrough. Breakthroughs with my wife, my family, breakthroughs with my health, with this company. The point that I'm making here is that pain, the obstacles, the issues outside of your control that often hurt the most, they go hand in hand with breakthroughs. They go hand in hand with eventual victory. And if you can keep sight of that, if you can have a singular focus, if you know what it is that you were designed to do, if you can have the faith to know that breakthrough is around the corner, not only can you withstand the pain, but you can embrace it. You can count them all joy. That's why the blackboard here, now I don't know if we can get a shot of this, is a uh, is etched, or I guess permanent, we use permanent chalk. I don't know what that, if that doesn't qualify as etching, with uh, one of my favorite quotes from Andrew, where he talks about, he talked about being a happy warrior. He was the first guy who ever, ever posted a video of mine beyond me having it on my YouTube channel. Find your purpose, is what I'm getting at. Find your singular focus, have faith in it, and embrace the pain. Embrace the struggle, and it can all be joyous. I don't know what 2019 holds. Hell, it could be harder than 2018. I don't know where Mug Club's going to be exactly. I don't know where this channel will be. We might not be here on YouTube. I only know that we will be in some capacity, period. And we will be focusing on creating content and serving you.
because we hear you. I hear you, and I and the people here are never going to abandon you. We might abandon Patreon, right? People should be abandoning Patreon. We're not going to abandon you. We can scrape together, fight, claw, scream, and bleed together and embrace the pain that comes with it because with that comes breakthrough. It always does. 2019, you show up, we'll be there. That's all I can promise you. We'll always be there. See you next week. Big week. New Change My Mind coming up too.